Hey everyone, welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. We are back for another exciting episode. We're going to continue our fantastic Enneagram series that we've been working on. I love the Enneagram. It's just a a really fun, engaging tool that um, is exciting to kind of get to know and it can, we've talked in a previous episode that it can be really helpful for your relationships when you can understand different types of people and kind of what their struggles are or their needs are and be able to work with them better or work with them well according to kind of who they are and how they are. So we're continuing that today. We've talked already in a previous episode about the body triad, which is the eight, nine, and one numbers at the top of the Enneagram circle. And in a previous episode, we talked about the heart triad, which is the two, three, four numbers on the right side of the circle. And today we are going to be talking about... Oh, me? That No, That's... not you. We'll be talking about... <laughs> Five, six, seven. Yes, which is the head <laughs> just... triad. Yeah, I just meant it was my turn. <laughs> Yay, I get to talk. <laughs> And since I'm doing that, go to your swag, go to the swag store, get some, get some swag, people. I mean, shrinkthink.myshopify.com, shrinkthink.com forward slash swag. These are all ways that you can go and participate with the mental health awareness that I know you all care about by literally wearing it or drinking from it. That's about the two things, because we have cups and mugs and stuff. Also, make sure that you're not drinking from your shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, most people don't do that, no matter how much they're achieving. They just might get confused. We probably just need to be clear, like you can drink from a shirt, but I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, that would be filtery. I guess if you have it like tied around your head and you're in the desert. And and then you want to drink your own sweat. And then it's raining, and then you're like, oh, I don't know. Thank God I have the shirt that I got from the shrink. <laughs> you saved my life out in the jungle. <laughs> yeah, or the desert. Or the desert. Wherever you are. Wherever you are. Anyways. All right. I'm so the... glad we have video because I'm sure the podcast listeners are like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> right. No clue. And you did a good demonstration of putting a shirt on your head <laughs> right. without even thinking you were demonstrating I've done it. this many times. <laughs> right. Yes, that makes sense. So we're talking about the head triad, which is kind of like the thinking triad. So the body triad is all about like your physical body. The heart triad is about your emotions. And then the head triad is about your brain, your thinking. <laughs> you got really brainy. You're brainy, yeah. So the this number um, experiences the world primarily through... The, through thinking, right? And before we were recording, you were kind of asking a question like, how does each number sort of experience that? And we'll go through that in a minute here. But it, essentially, the numbers five, six, and seven, which are uh, which make up the head triad, are numbers that experience the world or or maybe in a certain way avoid some of the discomfort of the world by staying in the head. And that's kind of like a defining feature of the head triad, which is fear. So the body triad, the struggle is anger. The heart triad struggle is heart, um, is shame. And then the head triad struggle would be fear. And these numbers, five, which is the investigator, six, which would be the loyalist, or sometimes called the skeptic, and then seven, called the enthusiast, Um, these numbers essentially kind of want to uh, avoid some of the discomfort and the fear that they experience in the world and get to a place of security. And they do that by staying in their heads. So they, so part of why I was asking Aaron about, I was asking, and I, I may, I think I said this on a previous episode, 
I am dangerous with the Enneagram. Like, I know it. I know That's it. That's true. You can hurt people. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, no. I'm not hurting. I hope I'm not hurting people. I'm, I know. <laughs> Your Enneagram two heart was like, oh no, I just want to help. <laughs> I don't want to hurt. I'm filled you. with shame. <laughs> Go back just and listen like to our previous episode. Yeah. So I am. I know the Enneagram, but I would not say that like if you like so I can use it to help people. But but if you were like, I want to get into the Enneagram, I'm not your guy. Like I'm not at that place. So some of the triad stuff is like in my mind kind of next level. And so I'm I defer to Aaron. So I was kinda of like, okay, before I sound like somebody who doesn't understand anything, let me tell me some things like before you know, so then I thought, ah, it doesn't really matter. We'll just we'll just go with what we go with. But um, I think it's really interesting how even inside of a triad, each number seems to have their own unique take on how they experience whatever they experience. We talked before, you know, the eight, nine, one, two, three, four, even though they've got the body triads, got got all their individual eight, nine, ones um, deal with anger differently. Two, three, fours deal with issues of shame differently. So now we're dealing with the five, six, seven that deals with issues of fear differently so you want to start with the five or what are you thinking yeah yeah let's just kind of run around this uh triad from the five to the six to the seven so the five it's interesting you asked a question before about like you know is this like personality is this like introversion extroversion sort of a thing um or is it fear for the five it's kind of both and what i mean by that is a five will tend to um, be somewhat disconnected from the world or detached from relationships and people specifically because they will engage on some level, but it drains a lot of their energy. And so they will prefer their own kind of little world or or own space in their own head for uh, whatever they've created um, to think about. They will um, prevent fear by accumulating mass amounts of knowledge Fives can often be people that just know random facts about everything. Um, the interesting thing too, like adding it. So I've got a I've got a couple that I'm working with right now, and, and the one of the p- people is a five, and she's probably extroverted actually. Um, and it's interesting because like one thing I've noticed about fives is that they're not they're not as uncomfortable with dissent that you might see with other people like as a couple they they you would think like oh they're kind of afraid so they got to research they'll just keep asking questions it's like in a way they don't totally connect to what's going on with it and they can actually in, in a in a counseling scenario it can be kind of distracting because like you'll be at the moment where there's kind of an important thing and the five won't react like you think oh my gosh this person's going to be they're laying this out there and the five's like, okay, well, it's interesting. You know, I was reading also, and they, they'll just add in something else that they know, or they'll start, sh- she'll take like a lot of notes that she's going to research later and see what's going on. But if but if I, as a therapist, get sucked into that, we will go nowhere. I mean, that five could talk the entire time. Yeah, because essentially that's part of like being somewhat detached or disengaged emotionally right? The emotional um, aspect of relationships and even of their own selves is a weakness for uh, fives. Um, And I I could say probably five, six and sevens um, because they will defer to their head to knowing things. And so it's a massive energy drain for fives to engage and 
uh, to try to understand and work with the emotional stuff. So it's kind of like, you know, a classic example of this might be um, like an image or a scenario would be you're having like a heart to heart sort of a conversation and one of the partners is, you know, sharing their heart or whatever. And then you look over at the five and the five has got doing like the thinking man, you know, and they're like, oh, that's interesting. I can... Um, I heard that you said that this is the thing and I actually know that um, if you do this and this other thing um, that's actually more accurate or they'll ask questions like well you said this did you mean this or did you mean this other thing because this one means this one thing and this other mean this other thing and you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was sharing my heart with you can't you like read between the lines so, like no they're not they're not they're not like present emotionally like that they're really in their head I- evaluating what's happening and trying to know what the not like the, what the right things are, but what's true and what's good, this, which is why they will research to know stuff um, because that's where they feel safe, safe. And if they can know the things the right way, the, the process, the pattern, if they can know and understand what's going on, then they can feel safe. But they sort of stay hidden in that knowledge. I think, yeah, I think the book, the book knowledge component or the researcher component to fives gives the illusion that they're introverts. And, um, of the couple fives that I've had, like, and I say couple fives because I'm, I'm talking about purists, like, like, wow, you're a five, bro. Um, both of them that I know are extroverts. They, they're totally fine going out socially and hanging out. I just don't think, like you're saying, they're not, they're, I mean, they are conserving energy. They're not like doing, that's like a big research group that they're in. They're just learning and learning. Observing. And learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, but I think there's a, the other maybe, uh, I don't know, from an introversion standpoint, it's kind of the perfect excuse not to go out. Like, cause you just, you're learning anyways. You, you're like, I need to get this done. I need to read, I need to understand blah, 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 blah. So you're maybe on the internet or you're doing something that is learning something and you are, and you're not going to some social gathering. Right. Yeah. If they have to make a decision, they will research like crazy and know all the reasons and the ins and outs, you know, what, what, what is, is feeding into their decision. Um, sixes, um, if we can move on to that, sixes are often, um, they can be, um, so the Enneagram is made up of nine numbers and, um, they're sort of at the center of that, uh, of that circle is a dot that points up and then points out, um, to like the three kind of central numbers of each triad. Like the flux capacitor. Sure. <laughs> I love three. That's, the, that's a Back to the Future callback. You've got the nine that's in the middle of the body triad, the three that's in the middle of the heart triad, and then the six would be the middle of the head triad. And the six would be the one that can kind of experience fear. Different different sixes can experience this almost like in two opposing or extreme ways. You've got the one that can be extremely fearful of like everything. And then you've got the other version of the six, which we can call counterphobic, um, meaning they go toward their fear and they try to sort of overcompensate by being... Uh, maybe excessively strong or a little bit more um, brazen or direct um, to confront their fears. And that's how they sort of avoid experiencing fear. It's not it's not necessarily courage, although sometimes it can be because sometimes it can be a little bit foolish um, because it's still driven by fear. I'm afraid. And so I'm going to go all the way in and find out what's going on. I'm going to jump in the shark tank, bro. Exactly. And see what's going on. And and that can be a really good thing, you know, in some ways. Um, sixes are also really good strategists 
and they stay in their heads or get sucked in their heads by problem solving. The people that I've worked with um, that are sixes will be tremendous um, problem solvers, meaning uh, something happens, um, they can be living living in the world, going through scenarios moment by moment, and there are a million problems that they're solving. Like this happens, oh, this is a problem, and if I just do this, oh, and then 10 minutes later this happens, and here's the problem, and if I just do this, then that will solve that. All of these solutions give them a sense of safety and security, because that's huge for sixes, and that's huge for um, the head triad is a sense of security. If they can just problem solve and know all the solutions to everything, then they can feel better. Although they wouldn't necessarily connect it to feelings, right? Because they're kind of, they often can be detached from their feelings. Um, but it gives them a sense of like, okay, the world is safe. It, it seems like they're just connected to not being afraid. Like it's not their emotions more than it's not that sense of, we have that fear circuit in our body that I've talked about in many different episodes that kind of buzzes in a way and they would not like the buzz they not remotely right and they would connect well if i solve this external problem right like if uh, if i can talk to this to the right person or if i can make the right decision it's always something outwardly and external so if i do this thing then the buzzing in me will stop so they would be external locus of control people correct like the whole triad would correct okay so six would seemingly as a problem solver they'd be really nice to have because they would solve the problem holistically there would be no room for error they're, they're great people um yeah if you have a problem uh yo i'll solve it they'll solve it yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. give it to vanilla ice he's probably a six that's why he wrote that <laughs> you know? he's probably a six let's call and ask him the hidden anything. meaning behind <laughs> songs according to the enneagram no, but it's true. If you've got a, a situation that might be complicated or a decision you've got to make, they would be great to talk to because they will help think it through and come up with, uh, ask good questions and, and solve it really well. Okay. Would you say that the fear, like the counterphobic thing is like the, I don't know, the, like an unhealthy response or not? It or... can be. Um, it it kind of depends on how the person goes about it. Uh, I was telling you before we were recording that sixes can sometimes or these uh, versions of sixes these counterphobic uh, sixes can sometimes mistype as eight um, which eights are like very direct very almost like fearless right they um but in a very very different kind of a way um but they're not eights because they don't have some of the same core motivations and fears as eights uh, or sorry yeah motivations and fears like the body triad stuff and the anger stuff these counterphobic sixes would still struggle with fear and anxiety. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. So what about sevens? So sevens are our enthusiasts and um, they are awesome. They are super fun to be around. They, they can, hate being bored. They they don't like being bored, um, but they are, they are great people because um, they sometimes they can be the life of the party, but either way, it's kind of like they are the lifeblood of a group or lifeblood of... Um, if you're getting together, like you, there's just a certain energy that they have that they carry that they're always trying to kind of maintain and they do possess that energy and it's really exciting. It's um, when you're with them, it, it's very infectious um, in a really, really fun, good way. And I'm just using the word fun also because that's something that uh, sevens will will look for and try to embody a lot is like, where can I have fun? How can I have fun? Is this fun or is it boring? They really struggle with boredom because 
boredom sort of lends them into kind of the, or it could lead them into their own um, thoughts and feelings, into the pain of life, which they want to avoid really almost at all costs. In some ways, they don't even know that they're doing it. They're just trying to have fun and, you know, be positive and that sort of thing. And that's great in, in some certain sense. But the unhealthy version of that is like, well, you're then not looking at the other side of things and dealing with actual problems. You're like sort of turning away from them and just trying to do something else to distract yourself from that by looking at what's new, what's novel, what's next. Um, and again, those things can be really fun if you're around them and really exciting to connect with. But if it's an unhealthy version of that, then they're just really kind of uh, avoiding the fear and avoiding dealing with the fear by staying busy and occupied. It seems, I, this, I don't know, I'm not trying to put you on the spot because this is a, I'm just thinking of, it's almost like they're shifting it. So I was talking before about that, the buzzing. So if you think of fear, like charging your system with like these feelings of anxiety, it, part one main chemical involved in there, chemistry um, of physiology involved in that is adrenaline. So if you're a seven and you shift it, fun, fun also involves adrenaline. So it'd be kind of easy um, maybe for a seven, maybe not for other numbers, but kind of easy to shift um, something that sucks into something that's fun real quick. So I don't... I don't yeah, exactly. So like you're talking about that buzzing and it's kind of like if that buzzing is fear or anxiety, if I can shift and I can get some fun adrenaline, then that adrenaline can go above the buzzing of the fear and anxiety and almost like drown it out, right? It's like, oh, I'm having so much fun because, you know, like fun, excitement, can feel similar to anxiety or nervousness. Um, those can feel similar in the body, but if you're just having fun, it's kind of like you're ignoring or not aware of anymore of the buzzing because you're just having fun and it's like excitement, right? Right. And so that might be the seven, whereas the six is problem solving and coming up with solutions and strategies in order to make that buzzing go away. So they're doing, they're coming from under it. So like as it starts to charge up, they're like, no, 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 no. Like pull the rope back down. Mm -hmm. pull the, here's some problems we can fix. Pull it back down. Right. And I was thinking maybe the fives are like being detached from it. And if they can go know things, then they can basically come at the problems with their stack of knowledge, the stack of books and be like, I'm not afraid of you because I know all of these things. They can't even see the problem because they <laughs> right, see their, right. the knowledge that's like stacked up in front of are them. Are you afraid? No, I'm not. I No, I have 18,000 reasons to not be. Exactly. Why would you even? Yeah. And that Right, that feels very like reassuring. So the sevens, um, uh, again, like enthusiasts, I think in a lot of ways, um, some of the downside can be kind of being unrealistic about things, being a little bit idealistic. A lot of sevens are great starters for things. They're great like salespeople to put on the front lines for getting things going. They, they're great at getting people energized and going towards um, in a certain direction, but they can be uh, terrible finishers and have trouble completing tasks. I've known some, I've got some friends that have uh, businesses and they've hired sevens in their uh, their businesses and the sevens will start things and then they will give the second half of the project to somebody else to finish often because they know they're great at the, the first part of it but once it gets sort of monotonous or boring you're mm -hmm. kind of got got to get into the details of it the seven gets bored with that and they want to pass it off 
Now, let me just say really briefly, I've sort of painted the sevens as maybe seeming a little bit um, hollow or superficial. superficial. Um, they can have depth for sure. Um, and some of them can be superficial, but they can have depth. And they can also be extremely intelligent and extremely hardworking. I mean, like really, really, really brilliant and have great ideas that are creative and outside the box. Um, and be very hard working on projects. It doesn't mean that they are incapable of investing themselves in in the long term over something. Well, yeah, I think that sevens would be very natural at reinventing themselves from a business standpoint. Like they would be, it would, I, I think, you know, other numbers, like I think of my own, I would be n- nervous more to, not nervous is not the right word, but like I wouldn't want to ruin my business by reinventing it too much type of a thing. I, there'd be things like, no, I don't want, like I, I would deal with the shame of like, what was I doing wrong in the first place, you know, or whatever. But I think sevens be like, that's awesome. Let's do it. Like, oh yeah, now we're, now we're going to add this that we're doing like, and, and just like a new thing. That's and awesome. people are going to love this. And, and it's true. And, and people, people love do. It. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, dang, that's so cool. They're probably the ones that gave us the idea of tolling, telling us that we need to reinvent ourselves. But it can also be kind of confusing then. Cause it's like, oh, that's exciting. But then who are you? Like you've had, you know, multiple iterations, you know, or you've revised so much it's kind of like okay what what is your essence right i think i think other people in particular for sevens are good like if you're a seven you're kind of like okay that's cool you probably want to have like it well from a business ownership standpoint or something that's going on bumpers on the bowling alley for you would be having a good friend to just blow your ideas on and like and then have them go like oh that's interesting and give get some feedback and then, so you can kind of decide what it sound, what what you sound like, because you're just good at being excited and good at having ideas, and probably better at that than most of the people around you. But you, but like Aaron's saying, you can't shift them necessarily all the time, or else it's confusing. Yeah, and I think um, I think a lot of sevens would do well probably to have um, a wingman, somebody who's really grounded somebody who can kind of talk sense into them, get into some of the nuts and bolts, some of the nitty gritty details that they're not as interested in, or somebody who can take care of some of that, you know, system stuff or that monotonous routine stuff that they didn't, they don't necessarily enjoy. Right, 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 so, right. Overall, um, this has been the, um, the head triad. I mean, uh, hopefully we've kind of painted a, a web well-balanced view of these different numbers you know, they all have their own struggles and um, fears and also positive sides and good sides. And hopefully you can see if, if any of those relate to you, that those resonate and it, it's great. You know, each number is just very unique and very different. Um, hopefully we haven't painted anything as like overly negative. I know many of the numbers can be um, perceived as overly negative just because culturally we sort of look at some things as better than others. Mm-hmm. Um but just take that with a grain of salt. Like these are not boxes that we've put you in, but just sort of things to think about that might relate to you so you can get to know yourself and other people better. Yeah, well, thank you for joining us on the triad journey. Have a great day.